Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome to the Eagle Hour, everybody. Glad to have you on a Wednesday afternoon. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson broadcasting from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Another hour of Southern Miss Sports Talk on Super Talk Mississippi. Dr. Mark Horn is with us today from South Central Regional Medical Center. We always appreciate him taking time out of what no doubt is a crazy busy schedule these days uh, to talk to us. Dr. Horn, I want to ask you a question uh, as we uh, kick off here. Uh, that I think is just kind of a common sense question that uh, a lot of people like me are are a little uncertain of. Early on in the COVID-19 epidemic, uh, we we were told, don't go get a test unless you have symptoms. Is that still the same advice that you give people? Now, don't go burden the health system uh, with COVID testing unless you have some of these classic symptoms uh, that we've all been told represent COVID-19. So not exactly, and the reason is testing strategies vary based on community spread and circumstances. You know, um, I don't carry an umbrella with me every day because there are a lot of sunny days in Mississippi where there's no threat of rain. But if the forecast says there's a high, degree, high chance of rain, then I carry my umbrella with me. Well, how do I apply that to this? Well, if there's a lot of community spread of COVID, that's like having a bad forecast for rain. And so in that circumstance, when there's a lot of community spread and you've been exposed, you you have reason to believe that you've been exposed, a friend calls and says, hey, I just tested positive for COVID and we had had a two-hour lunch yesterday. Well, guess what? I need to go get tested. Mm -hmm. Now, I need to talk to my health care provider about the timing of that test. If I was exposed yesterday, to be in reality, I need to wait at least four days before I get that test done. During those four days, I'm, I need to be isolated. And this is the inconvenience of this. I need to isolate myself until I can have a test that is re, uh, I give the virus time to replicate enough so that I can be tested and see if it's positive. And then these recommendations may yet change again. I mentioned in the previous segment, we have new testing technologies coming about. Well, those technologies work a little differently. It depends on the community spread and what tests you have available as to the testing strategies. So the short answer is um, talk to your health care provider. If you've been exposed, if you have symptoms, you probably ought to get tested. If you've been exposed, you might need to be tested. You need to talk to your health care provider about what the nature of that exposure was and when it was, and then they can help advise you. All right, high school football, and the private schools anyway, starts a week from Friday, game scheduled to go on. What is what is your advice to parents who plan to attend a high school football game uh, next Friday night? What, what precautions should we take this year as we get ready to watch kids play in high school? If you're going to go to the game, sit with your nuclear family group, the people that you spend the night with at your house, Okay. Don't sit with your friends. Don't sit with the family members that you don't live with and don't see but every periodically because they may be infected. Those family groups, family units, should sit a minimum of six feet apart, uh, and everybody should wear a mask, even though they're outdoors. Now, being outdoors is helpful. It's a really good thing, but you should take full advantage, and then you should, if you're Stand, if you're queuing up to get in the stadium, you need to practice social distancing and you need to wear your mask. And um, 
and good luck. Um, I would send <laughs> I would send one representative, and I'd have him mm-hmm. video it or something or stream it. I don't know. I'm, I, I, if I had a son out there playing, I might. I, you know, I, I I get it. I'm sympathetic, uh, but um, uh, for me, I can't take that risk, right? Because uh, of what I do. So I have a very high standard for me. Others may have a lower standard for themselves, but they need to ask themselves why they're holding that lower standard. It's the good luck that sticks in my head right there. I hear a doctor say, well, good luck. It kind of makes me think, well, maybe maybe I shouldn't be doing that. But uh, yeah. but that's just me. Luke, uh, Dr. Horn. Dr. Horn, one of the reasons why some of these conferences have canceled on the on collegiate level their um, their seasons, uh, five Big Ten players had a condition, and my wife's a medical professional, and I'm embarrassed in front of a medical doctor like you to try to pronounce a medical condition. I'm going to give it my best. Myocarditis, You maybe. did a great job. You uh, got it right. Okay, good. Well, I, I worked on it while you guys were talking. So anyway, um. With with a lot of these guys who, in some forms of the world, would be called obese, but they're you know when you're six five and you weigh three hundred and thirty pounds and you have you know nine percent body fat, maybe not, but uh, a troubling condition uh, and, and kind of a pattern has arisen with these guys because of so much um, you know stress that they put on their body uh, and and so kind of walk through that. I mean, is that a legitimate threat to to young athletes? Um, this this condition that I will not try to pronounce again. Myocarditis, uh, myo means uh, muscle, card card means heart, and itis means inflammation. That's inflammation of the heart muscle. We know that this virus causes inflammatory changes in a variety of tissues and organs throughout the body. We know that. It's been demonstrated uh, several million times around the world that it does that. So we know that. Um, It's new and it's novel, so we don't know how it's going to act over time. And we do know that there are significant uh, problems with other viruses causing potentially fatal myocarditis. I did not say, and I'm not suggesting, that COVID-19 is known to cause a fatal myocarditis. I am saying that viruses have been known to cause myocarditis. There There are reports that I have not had time to read source data, so I can't vouch for them, but there are reports that myocarditis has been seen in some people who've had um, COVID. Therefore, it raises concerns. And I think we need to not make definitive decisions on that basis without looking at the source data. But if people have been looking at the source data, and certainly this is within the potential wheelhouse of an infectious virus to have serious impact on the heart and other organ systems. Yeah, it's just anybody that's overseeing athletes needs to to be aware of that for sure. Last question um, from me. Uh, I can't believe it's August already. I wish it were uh, December so we would be done with 2020. But, Doc, we're going to look up, and it's going to be October, and we keep talking about, you know, flattening the curve. Like, legitimately, how close is that window, and how are, are we even past the ability to fully do it before, you know, the fall and flu season hits? Uh, flu season typically, you know, our, our flu season varies with the virus each year. And so sometimes it hits early, sometimes it hits late. We don't know where it's going to hit. CDC and others are uh, strenuously advising that everybody, uh, we complete our flu vaccinations by the end of October. Uh, and so I urge everybody who's listening, get your flu vaccine as quickly as they're available. We do not have ours here in Laurel yet. They will be shortly. 
So uh, the window is closing rapidly. Remember, if we can tamp this down now, then we will have more room for the flu season and for the inevitable rise as we go indoors and expose ourselves to others more and we have less time outside and the inevitable changing of weather makes the flu uh, and other viral sp- uh, spread of viral diseases more likely. Yeah, we have every reason to believe it's going to get worse. And so today is the day to make up your mind, I'm going to be serious about this. I'm uh, going to wear a mask when I'm in public. I'm going to avoid large crowds. I'm going to practice social distancing to protect others, to, to be a good citizen, to uh, to just care about others enough in my own family that I'm going to help the community tamp this down so that we can get through this well. Right. Last question, Dr. Horton. I'm not even going to ask you to comment on the people who say that coronavirus is no worse than the flu. I know how you feel about that. Yesterday, I, uh, I asked Luke about his wife, who's a, who is a nurse, and and I, and I think about those young people all the time. I see them a lot here in front of the radio station. Talk for just a minute about uh, – how hard these guys are working and what sacrifices uh, the nurses around our state are making both female and male to help protect our community from the coronavirus. And how well are they holding up, Dr. Horn? I couldn't say. uh, Thank you for the opportunity to give a huge shout out to the nurses, the respiratory therapists, all the other non-physician clinical care people. Physicians, look, we get enough props. I, I I don't need more. I don't need... The nurses and uh, uh, respiratory therapists, they're overlooked. They are overwhelmed. Uh, I know ICU nurses who are just really, really stressed, and they are doing amazing work. I know floor nurses and ER nurses and other nurses and and just the regular units. Uh, Thank them. Help them. um, Pray for them. Uh, They need it. And I do want to say one quick thing about the, the flu. It's no worse than the flu. How many people did you say today's number said had died so far in Mississippi from COVID? Uh, 1,989. 1,989. I looked up the, late, the last available numbers for the documented flu slash pneumonia deaths in Mississippi. 2017, that entire flu, the year of 2017 flu pneumonia season. 782 deaths in the state of Mississippi on the Mississippi State Department of Health's website. So if this is the flu, it's a heck of a flu year. Right, right. And we've done it in six months. That's right. Thank you, Dr. Horn, very much. We appreciate it. You stay safe. And uh, our thanks to you and and all the nurses and uh, medical workers. We're really grateful for the sacrifices you guys are making. Thank you. Dr. Mark Horn, everybody. South Central Regional Medical Center. When we come back, Luke Johnson, is Conference USA going to play football or are they going to fall in the uh, shadow of the Big Ten? We're going to try to answer that question to the best of our knowledge next. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Greatly appreciate Dr. Mark Horn of South Central Regional Medical Center in Laurel for joining us in those first two segments. Thanks for listening to the Eagle Hour today from the First Bank Studios 
in Hattiesburg and Laurel, Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. Third segment of today's Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located just off Highway 49 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, on 4th Street, right across uh, Highway 49 from the University of Southern Mississippi, home of the 895 lunch, a Southern Miss memorabilia everywhere. So uh, stop by and see our good friend Slade White over at 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander joins us on the phone. Kelly, big meeting today. Conference USA, uh, Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated, reporting that the Conference USA presidents will have a meeting today at 4 p.m. Central. While many expect them to march forward, there is a small group within the conference that would like to pause or cancel. Kelly, I was telling Bob uh, during the, uh, the the break, what's important about that meeting, unlike the Big Ten, unlike some other conferences, the athletic directors will be in on that call. So uh, Jeremy McLean will, will be in there. We know where he stands. I think it's probably a really good situation that the the athletic directors are uh, will be meeting with the presidents. Apparently they're going to start uh, have a heavy discussion with medical experts today. Your thoughts about the, the 4 p.m. meeting for Conference USA? I, I think everything you, I, I don't think I could say it much better than you just you just did, Luke. But the the only thing that I question is the, the word the term you know a few in the conference you know may want to push the pause button. I think it may be more than than just a few, because if it was just a few, I don't think it would necessarily warrant a meeting between the presidents and athletic directors all getting together on the same call. So I think it might be more split down the middle, which is why everybody needs to come together and side on one side of the fence or other, one side of the fence or the other. Of course, that's purely my opinion, and it's speculation on, on my part, but just, just common sense would dictate that, uh, that it's probably a little closer to split down the middle, and then, you know, and then what do you do? Because Old Dominion has already said they're out. UTEP is, is not practicing you know, because of a, of a COVID outbreak in, in their program. And yesterday we talked about how Rice has pushed the opening – of its season back to September 29th. Well, the scheduled opponent on September 29th was supposed to be Lamar out of the Southland. Lamar announced this morning that their first COVID tests are in, and 35 Mm. football players have tested positive. 35 on the Lamar roster have tested positive. So the September 29th opponent for Rice, uh, of course, that could still happen. It's, you know, more than a month away, but not a good start for Lamar as as Lamar starts to begin football practice to get ready for Rice, and 35 of them test positive. Meanwhile, are you ready to go to a bowl, you guys? Are you ready? Because, because <laughs> There's a as, whole lot of openings. As of right now, there are 82 bowl spots available, and at the NCAA's last count, only 77 schools are even playing football this fall. So I don't know what's going to happen to the bowl lineup, but right now the Golden Eagles may wind up in the Rose Bowl. Who knows? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Southern mean, Miss and UAB in Pasadena. <laughs> that's, hey, I mean, you know, we talk about how nuts this 2020 has been, but again, 82 bowl openings, and right now only 77 schools are playing. So needless to say, the minimum win requirement of six Division One wins <laughs> We'll have to go out the window, or you might have you know three or four or five bowl games, uh, depending on how many would qualify. Kelly, if UTEP gets well, they, the Miners may be in a bowl game this year. 
Yeah, but of course they want to play in the Sun Bowl, uh, but not very many people have told them that that's just about two miles away. So, you know, hey, uh, you, you think about the conferences you got left, right? Big Twelve. Uh, we should we should mention that the Big Twelve is going to play. You got the Big Twelve, the SEC, the ACC, the American. Listen, Conference USA is in the Power Five this year. Who knows yeah, what might happen? Exactly right. Isn't it? Well, that's what I'm saying we're joking about being in the Rose Bowl, but again, uh, depending on how things shake out. It's, no disrespect to the New Orleans Bowl or the Independence Bowl, but you know Southern Southern Miss might be a little bit farther up on the pecking order, depending on what. Yeah, kind but of but can we all admit that an zero and ten Arkansas team would get a bigger bowl bid right. than right. Uh, a twelve and zero Southern Miss well, team? Could we, we at can. least admit that? And all, and all I can say about the new landscape this year, Kelly, is bring on Bama, baby, bring bring that tide down here and let us uh, let us see how we stack up against them. You're for that, aren't you? Uh, to our listeners, the opinion that was just expressed is that of Bob Getty only and, and not necessarily a view of this program. All right, Kelly, uh, let me ask you this. He, did, he didn't want to play Appalachian State a week ago, no, and now you want Alabama. I want Bama. I don't want to fool around with Appalachian State. Bring the big boys on down here. Kelly, tomorrow we're going to have Jeff Long. You know him well. He's the athletic director at Pearl River Community College. He's going to be on the show. By the way, J.P. Heath from Rice is going to be on the show tomorrow as well. But some pretty big news last night, and I was pretty shocked at it, Kelly. The East Mississippi Community College announces uh, after the after the Junior College Association parts ways with the National Association, says we're going to play football. What a lot of people would say has been the bell cow program, East Mississippi, they announced they're not going to play football. And and of course, COVID was the was the reason that they that they've made that announcement. And it, it is there are rippling shockwaves throughout the. The now the MACC, the Mississippi Association of Community Colleges, formerly the Mac Jack, um, and Jeff Long is is at Pearl River, and of course they were all of the the MACC schools had pushed their season back and have shortened it to just division games, meaning Pearl River and Jones, for example, would only play South Division opponents, where East Mississippi would uh, would play you know Northern Division opponents. Uh, the problem with that now is East Mississippi, you know, without without East Mississippi in that mix, that's going to uh, throw the schedule into a little bit of a kink. And with East Mississippi doing that, don't think that there isn't other discussions, uh, even if they're very quietly and, and secretly, that other community colleges in Mississippi might be saying, well, if East Mississippi's going to do it, then, yeah, you know, it makes maybe, you wonder, huh? Yeah, maybe we need to consider doing that, too. Right. Uh, and, and all the high schools, you know, still... Um, mysteriously quiet. I think a lot of what high school administrators are waiting to hear is from the governor. Tate Reeves, you know, had mentioned yesterday in his COVID press conference update that he would be making an announcement either today or tomorrow as to what capacities would be for high school football stadiums across the state as as teams uh, get ready to play. Um, and no word yet on what that capacity is going to be. But again, if it's only a 10% capacity, I, I I sure wouldn't think that's even a break-even point. Right. You know, for high school teams to pay their bills. So once the governor and and Dr. Dobbs make those decisions, and the MHSAA, of course, would have to abide by those decisions, then um, then you've got then you have a whole then you got more decisions to make, and it right. would go down to the the high school administrators themselves. All right, look, I'm going to ask you a question that Kelly posed to me in the phone call he and I were having a night before last. Uh, if all this football gets canceled, uh, Luke, what are we going to talk about all fall? We're going to talk about football because we're going to play football. Okay, I just want to make sure. I want to make sure there there was some Look, serious. We, we, we managed. 
we managed to talk about nothing in the midst of nothing for the last four or five <laughs> months. Right. We'll be fine. The NFL's going to play, okay? Yeah, so right. we, we've got something to talk about. Speaking of that, there was some really ironic news that came out of the NFL last night. Uh, and Kelly, I'll throw this one back at you. Uh, it was announced that the Washington football team was going to play this year with no fans in the stands. And I, I thought back last year to when my family and I went up to watch the Jets and uh, play the Redskins, and, and I thought, well, hell, the the Redskins are way ahead of the curve because there wasn't anybody in the stands that afternoon. I was going to say, when it was announced to the team yesterday, the, the team's response was, and? <laughs> it's an advantage for them. <laughs> They're used to that. <laughs> and? You know, why is that any different than anything else we've oh. you know, come up with? But, man, the, the timing of, of the Eagle Island to get these guests points to have you know somebody on from Rice, Tomorrow, as as things break here, um, you know the the MAC earlier in the week, you know camp. I'm I'm really kind of surprised that the Big Twelve announced so quickly that they're going to go ahead, even though they did alter their schedules too. You remember that Baylor was going to play Louisiana Tech. Remember we talked about that. The the Big Twelve was going to have a, a conference schedule plus one or two, and Baylor kept Louisiana Tech on that schedule. Well, now it's it's strictly conference. Right. Big 12 has gone to strictly a conference schedule. So that game with Tech and Baylor now is a no-go, which right. you know takes a ton of money out of Louisiana Tech's coffers. Uh, let me also so point out that Friday, Kelly, we're going to have uh, the play-by-play voice of Old Dominion on the radio show. So we have uh, the play-by-play man for Rice tomorrow and Old Dominion Friday. Well, the problem with that, though, Bob, by having the Old Dominion radio, radio guy on Friday is he won't be able to get an unemployment check on the show. <laughs> He'll have plenty of time to talk to us. That's the positive <laughs> he, he part. He will. He's, gonna, he, he's already started memorizing basketball rosters. Cause, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Such the field a, hockey team at Old Dominion is playing. The women's field hockey team is playing. Correct. So. And, that, and that Ole Miss-Phoenix University game has not been canceled as of uh, airtime today, Kelly. I know you've been concerned about that, but right now it's still a go. Well, as long as, as, long as there's Zoom... The University of Phoenix is ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) They've got a heck of a ground game, I understand. Yeah, well, they've got a couple of their star players with carpal tunnel. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Wednesday, Toyota of Hattiesburg brings us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. They're located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg or online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Toyota of Hattiesburg, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Some football news. Junior running back Travinsky Mosley apparently transferring and we we had talked about uh, guys how uh, how crowded the, the the backfield was 
Uh, Don Ragsdale comes in from JUCO. Of course, you got Kevin Perkins, Steven Anderson, D. Baker, Frank Gore Jr., Darius May- Darius Mayberry from Clinton, who uh, has has been injured uh, a lot, but but it was a a good skill player. Travinsky Mosley, uh, who came in and started as a true freshman, got hurt last year, not showing up on the uh, Southern Miss football roster page today. And Patrick McGee, uh, a, a little while earlier, in responding to someone asking that question, uh, reported that Travinsky Mosley is transferring. So Golden Eagles lose a running back. And guys, you you got to think, uh, Bob and Kelly, you, you got to think that that's because of Frank Gore Jr. It's got to be because of Don Dragsdale. It's got to be because of uh, some of these other guys. You look at Perkins as a senior, Anderson's a junior, Ragsdale's a junior, Baker's a redshirt freshman, Gore Jr. is a um, a, a true freshman, and so maybe there's not going to be a, a bell cow in the backfield. Maybe it's going to be a, a stable of running backs, and Travinsky Mosley maybe didn't want to be a part of that. Really, Luke, it's, I'm surprised that the that the that the portal hasn't crashed the last couple of days, the transfer portal, because with all these conferences now saying they're not going to play football, and you've had the outrage of Nebraska saying, you know, and and by the way, my sources are telling me that door is open to go to the Big 12, um, because the Big 10 said you cannot be a member of this conference if you play football this fall. And some of the powers that be in Nebraska said, well, so what? You know, so we'll see it. You know, I don't know if, I don't know if that'll get any legs, but, but the point is, is a lot of these players now who are not going to get to play this season, who do not agree with the decision that, that their administration has uh, endorsed, um, there's going to be a lot of people on that transfer portal. I would think, you know, players wanting to to get out and go somewhere else, and and this is a perfect perfect time to do it. They should have you know, stayed in the Big Twelve, Kelly. Nebraska should always be in the Big Twelve, in my view. Yeah, I mean, they, they were, you know, a member yeah, of the Big Eight, yeah. and and right there with Oklahoma, and that was one of the biggest, you know, rivalries. So if you had Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Texas, right, all in there, you know, great football rivalries, and financially, there's, I wouldn't think, you know, the SEC, as everybody has noted, is is a cut above the refs when it comes to dollar signs. But, you know, when it comes to the Big Ten and Big 12, I, I can't imagine there would be a whole lot of difference, you know, financially. So I'm not sure of why Nebraska wanted to, to really make that move when geographically they're right next door to Kansas and Kansas State and mm-hmm. Iowa State, right. and not far from Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So right. Right. Um, don't understand why that happened to begin with. And I'm not sure it's been a real comfortable fit. Right. Luke, do you think the uh, actions by uh, the other conferences that are pulling out uh, puts uh, more pressure on the conferences that want to play in this respect? What if something does go wrong? What if some kid does get really sick or, God forbid, some player dies from COVID-19 and they went ahead and played when other major conferences elected not to? Do you think that's a consideration that they're thinking about? Yeah, I'm, I, that's part of it. Uh, at the same token, I mean, tragedies happen all the time, don't they? I mean, we have players that in high school that that pass away. You know, um, we have players that you know are paralyzed, and every situation like that is heartbreaking and tragic. But you know, we don't shut down the game because of that. Right. Um, I, I guess this is because this is an outside coming in. Um, why they do that, but it seems as if either you know it comes like the, either you you trust uh, the protocols you have in place or or you don't, and it seems like 
up north and out west, um, they just basically say it, it's not worth it. Uh, down south and uh, up the east coast with the ACC, it seems like they, they will do that. And it goes back to we heard Heath talking about this yesterday, and we heard some more people talking about this. And through the grapevine, we've heard it, just the, the protocols that Southern Miss has put in place to be able to help their, their players if someone does get sick to be able to quarantine them and, and bring them back. So, yeah, I, I think in some ways they're off the, they're off the hook now, specifically the Big Ten. But you look at like what Ryan Day said today really frustrated, and he said there has been nothing that's come from the Big Ten regarding moving forward. So these coaches and these athletic directors feel abandoned by these presidents, and that's why the joke was that Nebraska was going back to the Big 12, because there's absolutely been zero leadership except you're not playing football. Right. Well, and and you know you know the the, the well noted broadcaster Tim Brando, who is who's you know a Louisiana native, he's been very public about that too, Luke. He said that you know a lot of the college presidents and athletic directors across the country have really known about this COVID thing since March, and and what was done from March to today to really try to safeguard you know to protect the season. Nothing. It was always you know wait and see, wait and see. Now, now, some of that might not be a very fair criticism because, again, we're dealing with something that nobody has dealt with before. But Tim Brando has said that the presidents and athletic directors, generally speaking, have dropped the ball when they've known since March. And nothing, nothing. <laughs> they're, right. they're, having, really come they're having all these meetings. You know, they're talking about all these meetings, consulting all these medical experts. And you're like, I'd like to take, uh, uh, we should have talked about this three months ago for 200, Alex. You know, like, right. why are right. we having all these meetings now with medical experts? Right. right. All right. That wraps it up for the day, guys. Real quick, Kelly, is the Wazoo situation any better? Yeah, my Wazoo is, is feeling much better today. Thanks so much for your, your concern. Very relieved to hear that. <laughs> Back on Thoughts the air. prayer. Tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, everybody, Southern Miss. To the top. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle. Let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.